재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is time for must-read Korean book. Joining us today is Chang Yeo-jung. Yeo-jung is a translator based in Seoul. With a master's in translation from Ihua University, she has written and translated for the Ministry of Culture. Hi, Yeo-jung. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Well, I'm, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, I've recently left my full-time job. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for email alert at job search websites. Uh-huh. Well, So my initial goal was taking some time off and focusing on literary translation, but mm-hmm. well, I have to pay my bills. Yes, definitely. Mm. We have all these fantasies of what we're going to do when there's time, when we quit our jobs and we mm. have time, and then it never works out that way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And well, but one thing I've learned over the past couple of years being in this game of job seeking, now I know what kind of jobs I want and the jobs like I, I feel that are worth to apply I mean, mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I don't want to waste my time to apply for a job that requires me to have an English exam certificate. Oh, good Lord. Not anymore. I did two years ago, mm-hmm. but not anymore. I personally never do well on these English tests. Like, for instance... The, the part that I have the most trouble with mm-hmm. is actually the writing section, Ooh. which is ironic because I'm a translator. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, like, when I have, like, silly prompts that ask you to write, like, discuss the importance of nature conservation, mm-hmm. like, sarcasm kicks mm-hmm. in. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. So I, I get very sarcastic and then I get a very low score. Well, to be honest, me neither. My problem is more like... about getting nervous and being gibberish, mm-hmm. giving too much information mm-hmm. than, than sarcasm. Right. So, um, anyway, about this English exam score as a qualification, one thing I really could not understand is that I was in my final term at my master's in Korean English translation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't have my master's degree at that time yet when mm-hmm. I applied for those jobs, mm-hmm. which... maybe one explanation right but you're on your last semester it's not like your english is going to magically like materialize in a month exactly but well i eventually went to take the exam uh-huh. for jaw right and some of my friends from the same course went to take the exam as well mm-hmm. only to expand their job opportunities mm-hmm. and we all felt like it doesn't make any sense right but That's how the system works. If we wanted to apply for the jobs, Mm -hmm. there was no other option but having the English test scores. Yes, because they all require it. Uh Mm -hmm. A master's in Korean English translation did not matter. That is so sad. And tests are very expensive. Yeah, that's true. And obviously, I was not the only one who was embarrassed or unhappy about this practice of asking to have English exam certificates for jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. Today's author seems to raise a question on this practice as well in his novel called My Journey to Perfect Toic Score or Nai Toic Man Jom Sugi. Well, when I actually 
first read this this title because I I read it in Korean oh. first. Like I I saw Dae Toy m a n j a m s u g i I thought to myself she did not seriously bring in a toy book. I'm like, is she really reviewing a toy book? I was really glad and relieved that it was a novel and not a memoir. Yeah, it, it is a novel and. You are listening to the bookend. Yes. <laughs> well, in fact, I have an episode about this book and the title. My translator friends and I were talking about translating a novel together, like K Project, mm-hmm. for the pure joy of translation. I am so proud of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And we all agreed to suggest one book by each one of us. Mm-hmm. And I recommended this book because I'm into comedy. And one of my friends actually said, literally. I want to translate a novel. <laughs> And I had to explain that it is a novel. Right. I mean, the title is very misleading. <laughs> so tell us about the author who came up with this book with a very misleading title. <laughs> uh, the author is Shim j e c h a n He was born in 1977. He was always keen on arts and literature, but studied economics at university and worked for a few years in industry after graduation. Uh, but then the author was not attached to his job and flew to Australia for a year. He came back to Seoul and wrote for the Seigeilbo Daily Newspaper for some four to five years. But then he left the newspaper to be a professional writer. In 2011, after three years of focusing on writing all by himself, he won the third Sungang Literary Award with his first novel, My Journey to Perfect Toy Score. And finally, his first book was published in 2012. Mm. So he's one of those people who sort of like started a career and then dropped mm-hmm. off the face of the earth, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Australia. Uh-huh. And then he comes back and he's a writer. Mm-hmm. And I think that Actually, sarcasm was definitely one of the inspirations for this book. Mm-hmm. Somehow, two authors I chose to share consecutively have the same background as journalists for Daily Newspaper. Mm, right, right. Re- remember, c h a n g a n g m y u n g the author of Because I Don't Like Korea, or h a n g u k i s h i r o s a that I shared two weeks ago, is also a former journalist as well as today's author. Right. And um, if you also remember, c h a n g a n g m y u n g said his journalistic background helped him develop eyes to find selling materials. Right. I mean, journalists know how to sell their stories. Mm. I think Shim j e t a n might have been the same case as well. He says he didn't expect to spend three years to publish his first book. And at first, he focused on writing short stories aiming at winning a literary award. And, um, well, as we've mentioned several times before, since that's one of the shortest cuts to publish one's work for literature in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, But he didn't hear any good news until he applied this novel about a young Korean who flies to Australia to study uh-huh. English, uh-huh. bringing a material which is very common in real life, right. but fresh enough in Korean literature. Mm-hmm. He seems I mean, to I... know what, what can be an interesting material. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson in, in this story. No one is going to pick up your interesting idea. It doesn't matter how interesting it is if it's not mm. packaged in an enticing way. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the word toic in there. Right. And you're like, ooh, I want to read that. Yeah, he, he knows how to entice it, mm-hmm. entice people. Um, and another characteristic I found reading Chang Gang Myung and Shin Jae Chan was their short and very simple sentences. So there are not many modifiers or long um, sort of clingy sentences, uh, they don't make their readers to p 
pant to follow their sentences,、mm-hmm. maybe the authors might not be very happy to be categorized. But I can see some characteristics shared by former journalist writers.、Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with prose that reads well if you have short, very concise、mm-hmm. sentences that、mm-hmm. that get the job done. I think that's perfectly fine.、Mm-hmm. But I'm dying to find out what this book is about. Can you tell us? <laughs>、uh, so the narrator is a young man, twenty-something young man who flies to Australia.、Uh, the reason the ra- narrator in today's book decides to go to Australia. Is different from Kenna in because I don't like Korea. I mean, if you remember, Kenna wanted to be happy.、Mm-hmm. Well, there's only so many reasons why somebody would want to go to Australia. So、mm-hmm. if it's not happiness, he probably wanted to learn something.、Mm-hmm. Am I right? Exactly. Our narrator here in this novel wants to study English,、mm-hmm. and eventually. To get a perfect score on the TOEIC test.、Oh. Uh, well, I think most of our listeners would have heard about the exam, but just in case, it's the test of English for international communication. I never knew that. I never、uh, knew that. That's what it stood for: test、yeah. of English for international communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've learned something today. Yes, we have. Well, <laughs> the exam is no more as an exam most of Korean job seekers nowadays have to take to apply for. Domestic jobs, or sometimes some other people have to take the exam to promote at work.、Mm-hmm. Um, the narrator's case isn't that different. Actually,、um, I brought an excerpt in which explains why he leaves Seoul and decides to go to Australia. Okay, let's hear it. The spring, when more jobs are in recruitment, was all gone. And I spent the whole spring without a single interview suggested from any company I applied to. Every time I saw required TOEIC score above eight hundred in the job advertisement, I heard this voice in my head saying, "Go away." So I decided to go away. I wanted to go away to New York, London, or Toronto, but flights were too expensive. I chose Australia. It's closer. I like to Australia. It's warm and there's a lot more space. I thought it'd be perfect for sleeping on the streets. As I didn't bring much money with me, I might end up as a homeless backpacker during my stay. Perfect place for a potential homeless backpacker. This was the first reason of my choice of destination for language study. I booked a ticket to Brisbane. I worked at a moving company for two months to pay for the flight ticket. This is how I left Seoul. I'm confused whether I left Seoul. Or so forced me to leave. Actually, either way is the same. The main character hops from one unattainable goal、mm. to another unfeasible <laughs> fantasy.、Mm-hmm. Required TOEIC score above eight hundred. What's、mm. the full score? Nine hundred ninety. So is eight hundred unattainable? Is it? Is that pretty high?、Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it it is considered high enough score. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, so he decides to go to Australia and become, as you said, a homeless backpacker. As sort of. Okay. So the novel seems to begin as a satire, but then the plot develops into a fantasy. The narrator arrives in Australia and starts working. He didn't end up to become a homeless backpacker,、uh-huh. but he well, starts working.、Mm. At a banana plantation, which makes most of its profits from growing and selling pot. 
In the first half of the book, the narrator takes this opportunity working at a banana farm as an opportunity to study English as possible as he can. So his employers are not the most farmers-like people. Mm-hmm. Steve is a former school teacher who smokes pot with a ketchup bottle every morning. And his wife, Yoko, is a conspiracy follower who lives in the basement serving Apollo 13 as her god. Well, but staying with them, the narrator masters day-to-day essential English language skills as time passes. Uh And after a few months, Steve tells him that his English is great. So the mastery of the language of Aussie potheads and and conspiracy theorists, I mean, it really matters who you're learning the language from, if you're learning it for the first time or if you're in the beginning stages. And that is... Monty Python. Monty Python taught you English? Yeah. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Does that necessarily translate to a proficiency that that TOEIC is looking for? He he learned English from from potheads. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily and that's why it's a comedy (laughs) (laughs) so the narrator marks only 805 out of 990 at a mock toic test Mm -hmm. and he cannot compromise with that score and some english speakers compliments on his english is not good enough for him his time and effort spent in australia can be rewarded only only when he gets the perfect score. Uh, why the perfect score? Like, what would that mean to him? He got over 800 and that mm-hmm. was the required score. So why not quit while he's ahead? So it's more like a ridiculous obsession. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and, and I'm not saying this. It's ridiculous because I've never had 990 at the exam. I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the second part of the book, he meets an elderly retired couple who also runs a banana farm. He thinks the couple has a great English accent and pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And for our narrator, whose goal is to achieve a perfect toy score, he leaves Steve's farm and gets a new job at the elderly couple's farm to listen and to learn from their English. Mm-hmm. So he goes from pothead Aussie English to old Aussie English. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, the elderly couple was retired voice actors who used to record toy listening tests. Oh, no. (laughs) So the working environment at the farm is not as good as in the Steve's farm, but he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. What he cares is understanding their conversation perfectly and getting a perfect score at the exam. Mm -hmm. I guess that was good for him, Mm -hmm. that he was living with these people who... I mean, he, they probably sounded like the tapes, so it was perfect for exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he eventually achieves a perfect score and finally gets a job. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess this is not a spoiler, as mm-hmm. the title already says so. Right, but is it very anticlimactic when that happens? Mm, the price for the perfect score and the job is high. He loses one of his eyes. <gasps> I'll not tell you, though, how he ends up losing his eye. Okay. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> At any rate, after a fantasy adventure across banana farms in Australia, the story gets back to the reality and asks to the readers, does an English test score and a job worth 
that mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a really good satire, and it speaks to the sacrifices that people make to learn English. And the story that you you just told me reminds me of a, a short film that I saw in 2012. It's a five oh. minute mm-hmm. film called "The Girl Lives in Hyundai," mm-hmm. and the film opens with parents scolding a girl for not saying anything. They're like, "Say something, say something." Oh. And so, okay. I, so I, I think you know mm-hmm. she did something wrong, and then. That goes on for several minutes, and mm-hmm. it turns out that they just wanted her to approach a bunch of white kids who were hanging oh, out on the beach and speak ah, English ah. with them. <laughs> well, oh, I want to take a look at the movie, mm-hmm, at the film, short film. Uh, well, the novel is a satire about the this, those kind of frantic obsession to English ability and the test scores in this society. Even though everyone, even people in the human resource departments, know that the exam score. Can't be a measure for one's English ability, mm-hmm. or they don't even think that score as a necessary requirement for every position. Mm, but I think um, the the excuse that HR always gives is we need some objective criteria, mm. and we can't trust HR to make sound judgment of character exactly. and work ethic. So, mm. like, I mean, what is sound judgment anyway? Who knows? They know. <laughs> I don't know. And still, so many young people pour their money and time to achieve the right score in the English exam. Um, but this funny and also sad reality we face in the novel is not the most painful. Probably thanks to the author who successfully recreated it with comedy mm-hmm. and a little bit of fantasy. Right. And I guess this is why the book attracted not only judges of a literary award but many readers as well. Mm-hmm. I think so many of the novels that we see these days have to do with confronting the pain, like mm-hmm. seeing the pain for for what it is or healing. Mm-hmm. And so I think a, a bit of comedy is is it very always, welcome. It mm-hmm. always helps. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sim Tan, the author, published his second book in 2012. It's a collection of short stories, but uh, has not published since. Mm-hmm. I heard he was working on his new book last year. Um, well, I hope that it's another good satire. We could use a laugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want him to write another comedy, mm-hmm. hopefully. Right, right. I mean, he also sounds like he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Yajang, for coming in. Thank you for having me. Coming up next, half bear, half god, who started it all on Life in Lines. But first, here's Lunch Money Lewis singing Bells.